0: Hook 'em up with E and Rod B. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn.
2: It is Friday on E and Rod B. So make it rod. What do we a with? Freak
1: flag. Feel good. Thank it till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! Football Friday edition of Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B.
2: And Rod said this earlier, and I agree with him. If you just do that woo like woo just do a couple it. times a day, you'll it it's put you in a good mood. It
1: gets the blood going. I don't know what it is about Ric Flair. Figured it out, man. It, whether it was false enthusiasm or it was real enthusiasm. You get a woo out there. Get you oh, so going. that's
2: one of the best things you can do is uh, do some deep breathing throughout the day. That
1: is true. Yeah, you're right do about that. About 30 that. deep it's breaths. Like, like, uh, is it tantric that kind of stuff?
2: Don't about that. I mean, what you can do mean? it by yourself too. But yeah, you don't want. Isn't that about
1: breathing and everything? Yeah, you want to clean
2: out your lungs and fill your, you know, bring in that that good air and blow out the bad. Come on now, it's good for you. It's good, baby. Yeah. Oh. It says Joe Namath is the most overrated player in the Hall of Fame. More career interceptions than touchdowns. He was cool though. Mm. He also had the greatest prediction in NFL history. Yeah, one a, of the it's the Hall
1: of Fame, not the Hall of Stats. He was famous because of his prediction in the Super Bowl or before the Super Bowl if they were going to win it. That's and he's Broadway Joe because of all the stuff that he did off the field. He transcended from the sports page to the front page.
2: Yeah, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Joe Namath, and there you go. His fame, without a doubt, he became the, one of the big first big pitchmen and. Uh, he was the man, you know. Our, our station manager here at the Horn, Elise Hudson, was married to the to the late her late husband played for the Jets. Oh uh, yeah, and was a teammate of Joe Namath. And he, before he's passing, he used to tell some great stories about hanging out with Joe Namath.
1: Oh yeah, and matter of fact, I running read a text around to, with Joe Namath. Yeah, well, I don't know. If she, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, before husband, they were married, by the way. I said, they were yeah, married. exactly. <laughs> your husband's running around with Joe Namath. Just uh, you might not want to be. And of
2: course, he was yeah. a lifetime long one, Jim Hudson, uh, who. who Passed away uh, a, little, a little while ago, but uh, yeah, he used to tell some stories, bro. This about uh, jo, Joe Namath.
1: Texter put out there, and I did some research, and the texter's round of money. Joe Namath used to have a restaurant um, in Capitol Plaza, next to Capitol Plaza over there. Really, in 1969, it was called Broadway Joe's. 69. Uh, yeah, it was like 1969 and early 70s, and the texter pointed this out as well. Thank you, Texter. It's called Broadway Joe's. Sweet. And he came to Austin to promote the business. Love and there are pictures and everything. And apparently the building is still there. I don't even know what the building is. But there are pictures of it. And there are lots of people claiming, oh, yeah, they went there and got, you know, autographs from Broadway Joe back in the day. Broadway Joe's. There you go. Burger joined Austin. See, see, he knew Love Austin that. was going to be a boom town before anybody else. Boom town. Boom town.
2: Hey, you go. Uh, before we get to our headlines, Rod's got a. We're going to take us behind the burnt orange curtain this hour as well. We're going to hear from Sark. Sark had a media availability yesterday oh, yeah. previewing and talking about the week of practice and where they are. And I like the fact I'm bullish on Sark saying, you know, this is absolutely a, a measuring stick game. We're going to find out where we are. We think we're pretty good. Uh, we'll know after Saturday mm-hmm. night where really where we you are. Uh, we'll hear him make that comment coming up here in the headlines. But uh, one other bullish or BS, Rod. So Detroit Lions fans are mad and angry at Mike Tarico. Who called the game last night with Chris Collinsworth? Because after the game was over and the Lions had stunned the Chiefs twenty-one to twenty, he uh, he after the game was done, he said that uh, you know kind of the closing thoughts on the game. He said that the 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 win comes with an asterisk because Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones didn't play. Okay, come on, man. Yeah, you
1: can't say that. This is not like the the when the Rockets won the championship and Michael Jordan retired. <laughs> All right, it's like that. It's football. Football is a game that is about injuries. It's about availability, durability. It's about fighting through injuries. There's a different culture Next in football. Man up. Next man up. Yeah, I mean, that's the culture of football. Um, there are other sports cultures where I'll you know, i give it to them, the asterisk thing, it applies. Like I said, I'm a Rockets fan, and for years people were like, ah, oh, man, that should be an asterisk by that title y'all won because MJ retired, that kind of thing. Um, and I get the argument, but football it's a different culture. The culture of football is you uh, fight through injuries and t- every team has to deal with injuries at one point in the year. Yeah. You're going to be without some of your key guys. you got to find a way to win.
0: Are you injured or are you hurt? Yeah, Amen, that's right. brother.
1: Yeah, you've got to find, well, you find what, a way to win in spite well, of that. And that's yeah.
2: why these week one games are fun. We talked about the Cowboys last hour. I mean, this is the healthiest these teams are going to be. Like these guys feel as good and as spry as they're going to feel all year, because the you know the, once you play a game, you you start getting the nicks and the bumps and the bruises, and uh, you play through them. But that's why these games are so compelling this weekend uh, in the NFL. And last night's was certainly. Yeah, I agree with Mike Tirico. Shouldn't have said that. I mean, this is no. a win is a win. No. Uh, now, we all understand that when... It's not
1: like the- Patrick Mahomes was out.
2: <laughs> right. And it's not like uh, we don't all understand that when Kelsey and Chris Jones come back, they'll be a better team. That's that's obvious. But the Lions don't apologize for any of it. Get in no. there, get a win, and you're 1-0, oh, they're 0-1. On that's all that matters. Yep. No uh,
1: good win, too. All right. Good win for them.
2: Let's get to the uh, headlines real quick, and then we'll dive into more Texas for Alabama Ooh, Talk. Ooh, let's do it. Top Gun, Lawn and Equipment Rentals, also... Uh, Equipment sales with Top Gun. love those guys. How about we start with uh, Saturday's road tilt for the Longhorns at third-ranked Alabama in Tuscaloosa. As we said, law, the uh, Crimson Tide 53-1 and in their last 54 home games. Last loss came against LSU back in 2019. That's the only loss in the last 54. Head coach Dee Sarkeesian addressed the state of the 11th-ranked Horns during a Thursday media availability yesterday. Says he's pleased with the week of practice. Two very physical workouts on Tuesday and Wednesday. Bit of a lighter practice yesterday morning, but that was all about attention to detail. Also said the freshman running back, C.J. Baxter, has been a full participant all week. He'll be a big part of the game plan and also doesn't deny that this is a a, a barometer game, a measuring stick game for where his team is.
3: Uh, I'm looking at this game as a, you know, kind of a, a benchmark. Where are we? You know, where are we? You know, we've, we've, we've made a lot of strides and um, we've come a long way. And I think last year's game served as a good benchmark. And I think it helped us help, you know, instill some confidence in some players on our team of what they were capable of. Um, we're going to, we're going to go in here Saturday night. And the goal is they get our best shot and I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get their best shot. Six o'clock is when the shots
2: start firing. It's our pregame coverage going live tomorrow afternoon at 30. We'll be at the Fieldhouse at the Crossroads in Cedar Park. Come join us. Great place to watch that game inside or outside. NFL, how about the Detroit Lions? They go into Arrowhead Stadium last night and pull the upset of the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs 21-20. It was David Montgomery's eight-yard touchdown run with 7-11 remaining. that put them over the top, and then their defense held on from there. Head coach Dan Campbell pleased with his team's performance and was asked afterwards what he learned about his team last night.
0: I didn't learn anything. I got verification on what I already knew. And this is a resilient team. Uh, it already was a resilient team, and we added pieces to that resilient team. So um, we're built to handle some some stuff, and, uh, and we did that today against a very good opponent.
2: Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow has agreed to a new five-year, $275 million contract with the Bengals. That deal done yesterday, $219 million guaranteed, makes the 26-year-old the highest-paid player. In NFL history. Full slate of NFL season openers on Sunday. Texans are in Baltimore to face the Ravens in the first game in the D'Amico Ryan's era. Cowboys open their season Sunday night at the New York Giants. In Thursday night, high school football, how about Cedar Park? Scored a late touchdown. They got a big stop on defense. They beat Round Rock 28 24 at Gupton Stadium. Also, winners last night. Hayes beat Cedar Creek. Hendrickson beat McNeil. Rouse outlasted Glenn and Wimberly and improved a 3 0 with a win over Brock 35 27. Tonight, right here on the horn, the Vandegra Vipers off to a dominating 2 0 start. They will travel to the, uh, onto the campus of Mary Harden, Baylor, and Belton to face Waco Midway tonight. That game will kick at 7 o'clock. Uh, light night in baseball, Astros and Rangers both took the night off. The Mariners, second-place team in the AL West, did post a nice win at Tampa, one nothing. Rangers host the A's this weekend. Astros host the Padres.
0: Corn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn rowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight.
1: Yeah, big win last night uh, for the Lions. And how about this little stat? Because uh, Patrick Mahomes usually is not, you know, he doesn't have to deal with that much ineptitude at wide receiver, biased receivers. The Chiefs had four drops. That was tied for the second most in a game with Patrick Mahomes as the starting quarterback. Uh, in the second half, Mahomes was 2 of 12 with, a, with that interception when targeting his wide receivers. Um, so definitely missed Travis Kelsey uh, in that matchup a ton. They, basically, the, the Chiefs only converted two of their final 10-third down tries. So you actually got to give a lot of credit to the Detroit defense, too, and a lot of that to Kadarius Toney, of course, for well, they, dropping. And a lot of those third those
0: downs were like third and one. I they were at least shorter. two, at least two yeah. or three of them were.
1: You're right. They were shorter.
0: Well, and I mentioned in the headlines, they
2: scored the go-ahead touchdown with seven minutes to play. That's a game that Patrick Mahomes almost always wins. You, you, He's got plenty of time. He only needs a field goal, No, You're, and he got a couple of possessions to do it. And that's, you know, Kadarius Tony had some of his biggest drops there. And, of course, he could have made up for that tip-drill interception that he caused, hit him in the hands, and it turned into six points the other way. That can't happen. Uh, but yes, uh, and I, I'll give Patrick Mahomes credit. I'm he, after the game, he did not throw his receivers under the bus, as you yeah. would imagine. He's classy. He said, "You know, KD KT is Kadarius Tony. He's a big part of our team. Uh, he's going to be a big part of a weapon for us this year. We're not going to give up on him." And and it was Mahomes who pointed out that he was hurt all through training camp, and he he wanted to go last night because he they, they knew Kelsey was out, and he had a really bad game. I mean, no one's denying that at this point. But uh, yeah, uh, they they need better. They go to yeah. Jacksonville. In week two, that becomes a really That's big gonna game. That's be a uh,
1: huge game.
2: Trevor Lawrence, and, of course, they played in the playoffs a year ago and was a good football game, better than a lot of people thought. So looking forward to that. And the Lions, yeah. who you and I both picked to win the uh, NFC North. Got to give
1: them credit, man. Good win
2: right there. That's good a great Good win. win right e- there. Even
1: without Kelsey, even without Chris Jones, yeah, you recognize they don't have two of their three best players on the team available. But beating Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, guys – it, that is a Herculean task. I, I pointed out. Well, you, you need at, some
2: breaks to get that exactly, right. Exactly.
1: If you look at fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drive opportunities all time, Patrick Mahomes has the second best winning percentage in those situations, 53%, right behind Tom Brady, the GOAT. The GOAT's at 56%. So it ain't no easy task to beat Patrick. Even when you got a lead, that's when he's usually at his most dangerous, well, so and they were able to keep that lead. And when he had a game-winning drive, I mean, sorry, opportunity for a game-winning drive, give Detroit's defense credit. And, yes, Kaderis Tony, dropped some crucial passes. But, I mean, they they played well enough. They they improved tremendously from last year. Last year, they were a liability.
2: Yes, they were. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was – look, I give the, the Lions a lot of credit. That's why I picked them to win the division. You did, mm-hmm. too. Is the improvements they made? They the, the four rookies who they drafted of all all were starting and making big big had big roles last night. Jack Campbell at middle linebacker made a couple big plays, yes, including uh, diving. You know, p- PBU. Uh, you also had uh, the Brian Branch scored the touchdown. He's the safety out of Alabama. Um, you know, Sam Laporta as their starting tight end had five catches, and you know Jameer Gibbs didn't get as many carries or touches as a lot of fantasy owners would have liked to have seen, but he was impactful. That's going to be a good team this year. Uh, I, I believe that, and they showed that last night. They took some breaks, but you don't apologize for wins at any time in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Good win for them. Yep, great uh, For sure. Okay, so uh, we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain coming up, talking Texas and uh, and Alabama. Uh, we're also asking you to call your shot. As we said, a lot of uh, the local teams are underdogs this weekend, meaning not expected to win. That would include Texas. That would include Texas State, Baylor, Texas Tech. Uh, Gak, even SMU. I mean, I'm eager to see that SMU game because I know Oklahoma looked great in Week One.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, SMU is another one of those teams who attacked the transfer portal because they got the billionaires, you know, that are funding hey, the program. Yeah, now
1: they're not too worried about it.
2: Uh, but I'm, i, <laughs> I and, and and SMU thinks they're improved, and we'll see because I don't think uh, Oklahoma was tested very much last week uh, but they'll get tested by this SMU team. I'm eager to see that ball game they will. and how that plays out. They, but, they um, look
1: like a, they they look different and remember Butch is it Butch Jones who's the uh, opposing coach for Arkansas uh, our state last week. He said he has never seen a team make such a leap. And the, the film looks so drastically different than what he saw on the field than the, that Oklahoma matchup. Because last year, they like a defense that couldn't tackle. they were, I think they were averaging th- over 13 missed tackles per game last year. Only had three in that game versus Ar- Arkansas State. And that offense, and you you talked about this, Eve, when dealing Gabriel's healthy, that offense can score. He just didn't stay healthy last season.
2: Agreed. Agreed. And, uh because they, be, they could be with you in shootouts, right, because their yeah. defense was so bad. Exactly. Uh, then when Gabriel got hurt, they didn't have another quarterback, so then they had no chance. They were both arms behind their back. Uh, but look, I think Dabo's going to build Oklahoma kind of like sarcasm His first year, he, he, he said openly that, I'm, I'm installing this system one time. This is going to be my defense. I, I probably don't have the personnel to run it right now. When a lot of Oklahoma fans were saying, look, just, just put a system in that's going to work to what you've got. Yeah. And he said, I'm not doing that. That's what Sark said when he got here, right? He I'm, I'm going to install my offense, and we'll 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 add the players who are going to play in our offense. And he had a five and seven year and last year. Da- uh, Venables went six and seven, and so. But I think this year they'll be better. I still think there's work to do at Oklahoma, and I'll, I'll be eager to see this SMU game. And by the way, I think Dabo Swinney is. is you're seeing how much he misses. Brett Venables on his staff mm-hmm. because they are Amen. sliding at Clemson. Yeah, that's a good point. Sliding at Clemson. So yeah, I think uh, that, that's going to be a formidable rivalry into the future, into the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma. So call your shot. If you're a Tech fan, are they going to upset Oregon? Is, it, uh, is this a Texas State 2-0 and start with <laughs> two huge rows of wins to start mm-hmm. the year? Uh, so let's let's hear from you this morning. Specs text line 512-337-3776. By the way, quick quick heads up on that. Our text line, Rod? The, the phone number of our text line is going to be changing in the coming weeks.
1: Ooh. We'll tell
2: you when officially, but it's only by one number. It's 337-3776 right now, but it's going to go to 447-37. That's it. That's the only thing that's going to change. One number. Four,
0: three to four. What? At the first number, first number of the of the phone number. That not oh, today though. It's
1: four three. It's going to be four three seven.
0: The call in number and the text number will be the same. That's right. The text oh, number so is now three three the seven. The first two numbers. It's going to be four four seven. Yes, oh, okay. Yes. So yes. the first two numbers will change.
1: All right, that's Correct. not bad. Yeah. yeah. That, that's in, I was going to say. Oh oh. <laughs> I Oh Y'all asking them to remember a whole new number. I'm, and
0: I'm making a promo today. We're going to push it out before we make it.
1: Okay. So that's not bad though. Actually, four four seven kind of flows. Well, and too. it's going to be good.
0: a cool
2: text line. If you love being, we love the folks who weigh in on the text line. You're going to be able to win prizes with the text. You'll you'll get like and yeah. It's gonna be fun for us. It's you, for I a
1: think. better user experience. That's, that's the exactly whole point right. of it. We're, we're trying to make it a better user experience for you guys, that's so right. we can be more interactive.
2: That's what are we doing here on the show? Yeah, that's what we try
1: to do. Someone says golf is now seven zero against the spread as a week one starter. Jared Goff, you
2: put your money on JG. Hey,
1: and he, look, he's under look, versus Mahomes too. Yeah, what is he? Two Undefeated. Yeah, come on now. Huh? That's well, tough. I'll
2: give Jared Goff this. It's tough um, to do. And you, you've mentioned Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator. He's he's going to be a head coach soon enough. And he he could have had been, maybe been the Arizona Cardinals head coach, Ben Ben Johnson, but he wanted to come back for mm-hmm. this team. He knows what, knows what he's got and how special this team could be. Uh, and Jared Goff's a part of that. You know, when Jared Goff was traded from the Rams in that Matt Stafford trade, a lot of people thought that was the, okay, we'll give you Stafford and we'll hold our nose and we'll take Jared Goff off your hands. Jared Goff was 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year. Mm-hmm. When they give him a running game like they did last night and they have that play action and Amon Ross St. Brown, and remember Jamison Williams, the Alabama receiver, he'll be back and they're yeah, going to be, pretty... be
1: nasty when he comes back. Yeah man. Woo, that's going to be scary.
2: That is going to be scary. Yeah. Um they're they're a good team because they're solid on defense and as we said those four draft picks that were drafted to fill needs played well last night so you feel pretty good about you know what that's going to be. So looking forward to watching the Lions this year and um you know I am a Jameer Gibbs owner in fantasy. I, I hope he gets more carry. He looks he's uh-huh. David Montgomery looks good last night. Well, that's night. a good one two combo without a doubt.
1: Yeah, they got a power, they got a power back and they got a speed back. Yeah, this which is what they want.
2: And they had last year they had Jamal Williams and then they had uh, DeAndre Swift and this is the same kind of version but a even more dynamic Ooh, we'll version they up, believe.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and the, the tight end, LaPorta, is not bad.
2: Good player. Another yeah, one of those so Iowa dudes.
1: They got they got weapons all across that that uh, that Detroit Lions offense. it's, just it's coming at, at you
2: live in San Marcos, eat them up, Texas State. Eat
1: them hey, up, I'm Cats. T- in in my uh, neighborhood, I'm seeing all these Texas State shirts and stuff people wearing. Like, hey, whoa, whoa, where's Ben? I didn't even know you went to Texas State.
0: <laughs> I might have to go get me. I don't even have a Texas State shirt.
1: <laughs> you got to go get one, man. You represent. Go down to the co-op. Hell I, yeah, the,
0: co-op. the bookstore, Book the bookstore, the Book J- bookstore. JJ Kinney's
1: got that that fan base hype.
2: Well, it we'll see. If, well, we'll see if they they hype when they come to the stadium because <laughs> that's the key. They need to get some butts and seats down there and support that football team because their first two games on the road, Waco and then San Antonio. When they come home, get out there and check them out. Go hey, to the games. Winning will bring fans there.
0: Yes, it will. That's always been the recipe. Amen, brother. Yes, it will. hmm
2: They tailgate like crazy, and then they don't go to the game. It's really weird. Like they, It's like Tech. Yeah, you go down to the tailgate, and it is a mob
0: scene, and people are having a good old time, and then the game starts, and there's nobody at the game. I was at Tech for hey. an entire football season, and I never went to one game. I was gonna say none, people, none of my fraternity brothers did either.
1: A lot of Logan fans do that too, though. Uh, just, yeah, they, they do. I know a lot of Logan fans will just tailgate and then you watch the game at the tailgate. Hey, gotta go to the game.
2: I might have done that last week. Because that. It's so damn
1: hot. I've done that a lot too. It's like, you know, like, I'm going to the game and you tailgate. Like, I'm having a good time, drinking and eating. You know what? To hell with that guy. I will watch the game right here and just chill and kick it. That's pretty
0: know. much exactly what I did, too. So exactly. I, can't, I can't talk too much trash. But. I
1: can't talk trash cause I was like, actually, I've done that multiple times. <laughs> it was rice. It was hot. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a great point, too. It the was heat, too damn the hot. The heat
0: was the only reason.
1: Yeah, that's true. And honestly, our tailgating scene here in Austin is different now. It's it's a dwindling lot of, a lot of it's parking dwindling. lots and yeah,
2: it's dwindling parking garages
1: hey so bevo Boulevard is for yeah, this is right. one big tailgate I uh,
2: look <laughs> that says they're bussing from uh. san marcus to the dome they're bu- it's going to be a big crowd at the alamo dome for this game utsa texas state that's a i35 rivalry but oh yeah man hasn't been much of a rivalry of late because texas state has not been very good utsa has this should be a fun game okay. uh,
1: Texas State tie guy doesn't have the same ring, too. Yeah. <laughs> Texas guy tie on Twitter. Texas <laughs> State guy tie.
2: <laughs> that is awesome.
1: Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. Uh, we go, we're going to go behind the bronze card. I promise you. we will hear from Sark. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do next. segment.
2: That's what we're yeah. going to do. So
1: if you're like, oh, where's the Bama talk? Bama talk's coming. Bama, promise
2: you. Got to have the Bama talk. Yeah, we're going to have okay, – like, then
1: Roger Rand will be Bama talk, too.
2: This baby. text will say, this says, I can't wait to see our icy white away Ooh. uniforms. The contrast of the grass field at Bryant-Denny Stadium Saturday night. It's going to feel like we're back in the Rose Bowl 2009.
1: Oh, don't say that.
2: Well, the Longhorns, <laughs> <law laughs> you have to make your mission to get out of this game without your starting quarterback getting hurt in the first quarter. Can we do that? Because the last two matchups with Bama, the starting quarterback Colt McCoy and then Quinn Ewers hasn't made it out of the first
1: quarter. Well, Hudson Carter almost didn't make it out either. He finished Hudson the game with on one leg. On, so they, almost, they had Charles Wright warming up, guys, This so you know. I mean, that was the reality of it because Hudson Carter got hurt. I think he went in that game maybe for like a play. Yeah. All right, so, hey, Sark says he's traveling. We'll hear from him next segment. He's four traveling quarterback. for quarterbacks because he knows the history, and he's studying recent history and going, I almost had my third-string quarterback out there last year. Yeah. Yep, yeah. All right, Detroit I'm Lions.
2: No apologies. You stole the win in Kansas City. We'll see if the Longhorns can do so on the road. Rod will take you behind that burn orange curtain and uh, hear from Sark on how they're going to do it. See you in Rod B. coming back.
0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Bavers. Hook come up. 101.9 AM 1260. The Horn.
2: Got that Friday football feeling, no doubt about it. Props to uh, Dan Campbell for going for that fake punt last night. Jumpstart his team. I believe in you. Let's go win this game. And they did, 21-20. to Not a good night for, uh, I don't know if you know Nick Wright, the guy Nick Wright on TV, Rod.
1: Oh, yeah, he's a big Patrick Mahomes fan. And he
2: likes to do, he's a big, Can he grew up in Kansas City. Yeah. Very good, very talented guy. Yeah, you
1: know, he's in Houston for a while on 6'10". Yeah, real good. Yeah, he's he,
2: um. He he, in his week in his season previews, predicted that the Chiefs would go 20-0. Oh, well. And if they didn't, he would get a tattoo.
1: So he's oh, getting no. a tattoo. What? <laughs> it's oh. week one. He didn't say what kind of tattoo, though. I don't know. He? I... See, that, that, to me, that was just him. He wanted to get a tattoo. He was going to get a tattoo anyway, and now he just kind of made it. Uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant that's, idea, by the that's way. That's a bit. It's a brilliant idea, but it's a brilliant bit because he's going to get a tattoo anyway. Hey,
0: if Texas beats Alabama by two scores, I'll get a tattoo. Why two scores? You gotta Why say, not his win? Didn't, well. Maybe well, you, two scores. Have you
2: heard well, our show this week? Who was the last team to beat Alabama at Alabama by two scores? Well, there you go. That's, exactly. That's the whole point. Like that's, it never that's,
1: that's how rare it is. He's like, he <laughs> get a tattoo then. But to me, the, the stipulation will be you have to say what kind of tattoo you're going to get. Because otherwise, you can say, I'll, I'll, I'll get exactly. a tattoo. It's like I can get any tattoo. I can get a tattoo. I was planning on getting anyway.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, I've been planning on getting. I'm planning so, on so. getting a couple <laughs> tattoos too. So
1: I can just like, oh, if they lose, I'm getting a tattoo it's Like oh, I was oh, getting that oh, anyway. That,
2: hold that in your pocket for later, Rod. Make yeah. make predictions. No, no, no.
1: Actually, I'm getting some more tattoos. Okay. Well, Ty,
2: also we're tell us what
1: they are uh yeah i'm going to get us- oh well whenever i have a, a kid i'm going to have the kids i'll have i'll get my kids names on me at one point um and i plan on getting on my ring finger because i never wear my wedding ring i'm gonna get my wife's initials on my ring finger like just a real small like tiny, like tiny ring. like tiny like literally like you know thin needle i think they call them like what like the thin needle ones, fine, you
0: know? fine line,
1: yeah, like the fine needle ones. Yeah, just put that on there. So then she she wanted to hey, complain about me not wearing my ring, my which ma- I never wear.
0: My mom twice has gotten her wedding band tattooed for two different oh. marriages and <laughs> had to get it removed twice. So. Hey, <laughs> she, that's a good it's not point. a fun place to get a tattoo either. So,
1: that is yeah, a good point, but I, I don't plan on that. But know, you're right. know, you know, never I know, know. I know, you never know. But I listen, I didn't plan on getting married, either. I didn't get married till 40 something because hey, it wasn't in my plans. But you know, you know what, I'm blessed, so blessed, all and blessed good. And yeah. Blessed. Oh my god, you got a baby coming. Speaking of tattoos, Dak Prescott, how about this little nugget? According to Clarence Hill, he was knocked out and under sedation for eleven hours while he got a leg tattoo.
0: That's how I would do it. I'm in mean, a I'm that's be a new just, thing. I'm going to be today. Is that today. a new thing now? Yeah. They just well, they just put like, you under? like Max Crosby. You know how? Yeah, got last the, year we I, I and up, everything. He got like the very like realist yeah. uh, chess piece with like a bunch of people's faces and stuff. They knocked him out for eight hours and they wow. had like five different guys at once. Oh. That's, that's, oh. that's kind of how you'd have oh, to. Do so you get right, it done quickly
1: and instead of going back like for weeks. I'm at sure, a sure. I'm
0: sure it took more than one because I mean oh. his was insane. But the thing about the pain of having. Needles from five different tattoo guns going into you at once that you wouldn't be able to. Oh, by
2: the way, Nick Wright said they go twenty. He got a tattoo that says twenty and oh He already has the tattoo.
1: Ooh. Oh, so for the that's a
2: real mistake. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so now that
1: the, I did not realize. Now the okay. 20 and 0 tattoo. Is now not good. that is okay. Now that takes some testicular fortitude hey, right there. The most, the
0: most badass tattoo of all time, Jason Terry, before the 2011 Mavericks season, when he got the NBA, the Larry O'Brien Trophy. On his on his arm, and they won the championship that year. Oh, That's calling yes! A shot right there. I do remember. And that. they were not a team that anybody expected to to win a championship that year. And he knew. He knew. Call your shot. Well, wow! You, but you know
2: what? If you, if you don't win it, it's still cool to have the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Yeah, but on he your never. Arm. But he never. He <laughs> never won. won. He, yeah,
0: he had never won an uh, NBA yeah, championship.
1: Yeah, no, no, that was. One. I remember that. That was bold. That you, guy should still be a legend.
2: Hey, uh, yes. listen. So, the, so Nick Wright does have the tattoo already. Okay.
1: No. So yeah, you wanna, go.
2: And before we go behind the Burn orange curtain, because I want to hear from Sark. By the way, great conversation yesterday. Every Thursday we talk to Drew Sanders, head coach at Vandergrift. That's brought to you by BrainVault and BrainVault.com. Uh, you guys, when you and you two start talking football theory with Coach Coach Sanders, good stuff.
1: Oh, I love that. So, so foot,
2: but you're the football theorist. Why would they not call offsides on the right tackle for the Chiefs last night? Can somebody explain? Jawan Taylor, me? I he don't was offsides
1: the whole night. I don't. And yeah, he was first of all, he was off offsides, and it was a false start too. Right. Sometimes, like half the time, it was a false start and offsides. But yeah, he Four was offsides. And, all, and they they said he was giving away like whether it was a run or a pass, because on run plays, he'd be closer to the line of scrimmage where he was actually supposed to be within the rules, and then when it was a pass, he'd give himself a little added advantage for being off the line, almost like a, a, a flex or an offset tight end.
0: Yeah. that Chris <laughs> Collinsworth called him, he's like a Juwan Williams playing slot receiver yeah. for the yeah. Chiefs. Today. He really
1: did. He looks, you ever see JT Sanders like offset, sometimes they call it an offset wing, and he looked like an offset wing, like an extra tight end there. It's so freaky. I don't know how they allow that. I have no idea how the NFL allows that. That's crazy. They called him for a false start at the end of the game. He finally got one at the end of the game. He finally got
2: one. It could have been like on every play there was a pass play. But oh. you're right. He was giving it away. With, he was giving it doubt. away. Hey, let's dive into the uh, – well, not dive into. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain.
0: And they were all asking themselves the same question. What
2: is behind –
1: that curtain. All right. Uh, heard from Sark earlier, uh, but we'll play some more of the Sark audio. He met with the media yesterday, talking about the Texas Bama game, of course. Um, and this uh, cut, we're talking. I want to talk about the quarterbacks because uh, you just brought it up. <laughs> uh, the last two times Texas played Bama. Unfortunately, they've had to go to their backup quarterback. Last season, actually, they damn near had to go to a third-string quarterback because Hudson Card finished the game on one leg. Damn near beat Bama on one leg. Shout out to Hudson Card there. Uh, But Sark was asked about the quarterbacks and how many quarterbacks he plans on taking uh, to Tuscaloosa. Here is Steve Sarkeesian.
3: Uh, We'll be taking four. Um, So Charles Wright will be the fourth one that will be going. know i just i think inevitably there's been a level of consistency in malik's play um that has been really encouraging you know he's always had um kind of the 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 highlight plays um but then there's been plays that were not so highlight in in taking care of the football and i think he's done a much better job of doing that um and you know clearly i think we saw glimpses of some of the throws that he was able to make uh in that ball game last week it was unfortunate you know we made a couple. Uh, errors on our end that kind of knocked drives back and and kind of hurt ourselves. But I, I think Malik did did plenty enough there in that game that that showed us some confidence. And quite frankly, I I had all intentions of playing Arch in that game. I didn't think that the fourth quarter would go as fast that it, as it did. And then I didn't want to put him in there for you know the last minute and a half and and use a game on that. So, um, like I said, th- those guys continue to to work hard and and compete at it. Um, hopefully, as the season goes on, that they'll both get their opportunities to get in there and play.
1: There you go. So he did plan on playing arch, but well, uh, Rice in, had that drive. Remember that nine-minute drive or whatever it was. They just, yeah. just took time with the clock. That was the only time they scored a touchdown. Yeah, so. we, that's what we
2: said on Monday. It was he was he was warming up, mm-hmm. and I think the idea I think, is we were doing the Inside Texas Watch with us broadcast, and uh, myself out. and Jerry Hamilton were talking about that. By the way, watch along with us tomorrow. Yeah uh we'll be there uh, I'll be doing it live from the field house I'm going to have my little back room doing it in the field house at the crossover but uh I'll be live and we'll be uh talking about the game with the inside Texas experts as the game happens so if you're watching from home uh, fire up your laptop and go to uh YouTube on Texas football on YouTube and we'll be we'll be talking through the game but that was the conversation like if they get a stop here they will probably rotate the backups through the fourth quarter here mm-hmm. Malik and, and and Arch and yeah that nine minute drive all of a sudden you're down to 2 minutes or inside 3 minutes of the game then you know, but Arch was warming up, and I don't think he would have been warming up if he wasn't going in.
1: Yeah, uh, and I, we, we said before the game, right? That was our goal. It, everything you would have been going according to plan if we got a chance to see Arch in the fourth, because that would have meant Texas had you know a comfortable lead, enough uh, comfortable enough to put Malik in early enough where he can get his quality reps, and then you can see Arch maybe just hand off the ball, just kind of get some snaps in. Uh, that did not happen because. It didn't go according to plan. The first half uh, was, as Sark, Sark said, a little disappointed uh, in the first half for Texas, and they got into that groove in the second half. Uh, getting to the groove is what we want to see Quinn Ewers in versus Bama. Uh, as we've talked about, the, you ain't going to be able to pull off the upset against Bama in Tuscaloosa without your quarterback having a hell of a day. He just got to, it's just the only way that Texas is going to be able to pull off that upset. Um, here is Sark talking about Quinn's week of practice leading up to Alabama. I mean, Quinn's had
3: a really good week. Um, I think he has a firm understanding of the game plan and what we're trying to do. Uh, whether it's our base down stuff, whether it's you know third down, fourth down, and and obviously in the red area, um, you know, I think it's it's tough to go beat teams like that on the road without your quarterback playing well. You know, so I think that you know naturally, um, you know, hopefully we can we can find a rhythm for him and, and create some opportunities. Uh, to take some shots and and that rapport with his receivers can can shine through um because that you, you got to play a complete game you, you can't be a one dimensional team and um like i said i think we're a really versatile team i think alabama's a very versatile team both teams can win games a variety of ways but naturally uh you you need a complete game to uh to go and 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 try to try to win a game like this
1: yep no doubt about it and i'm, I'm glad he said it he said rhythm. He talked about quitting a rhythm. That's the key. He was not in rhythm in the first half of that game versus Rice, uh, and I think he got in a better rhythm as the game went on. But easier completions for him, whether you're talking about RPOs, which Sark calls uh, – he calls them opportunity throws, which he says are opportunities for an easy completion. That's what an RPO is. So – Quinn was seven of seven on RPOs, six of six on screens, averaged 11.3 yards per attempt and 12.2 yards per attempt out of those really high percentage throws because you can get the yak yards when it's schemed up correctly. Short game he was six of nine, intermediate game he was six of eight. So that's that's the rhythm I think. That's a rhythm area for for uh, Quinn of yours. And when you kind of start taking those deep shots, uh, it takes him out of rhythm. Well, if he completes them, it wouldn't. But when he doesn't complete them, I think it takes him out of rhythm. That's going to be the delicate balance for in the game because you're going to have to complete some deep shots. I'm just telling you, I went over my you know, kind of imaginative uh, script and how the game would play out in my head. And at one point, Bama's going to flood those short to intermediate routes. They're going to start jumping them, flat foot reading them, and then they're going to invite you to throw the deep ball. It's like a shooter that's bad in basketball. As the Texas one said, You're a shooter, you're bad you got a bad shot, bad three point shot, people are probably gonna let you have that shot. They're gonna back off of you and let you have that shot because what's the point in allocating resources and what's the point in exhausting effort to defend something you're bad at executing? <laughs> <And to laughs> Why would I do that? otherwise? Yeah, yeah, prove prove me wrong then. And in Texas will have to prove Bama wrong in that regard. At one point in the game, I don't know when it's gonna come. But at one point, they're going to have to. And Sark may start out with the deep ball. I don't think he should because I think it will get your quarterback out of rhythm. He may start out that way if Bama starts out, you know, with with flooding those short to intermediate zones.
2: Well, and I don't disagree with you, but one thing I do agree with you this week would be, you know, they're going to take deep shots. If Alabama, and if Alabama's going to dare you to do them, you got to take them. you so got you gotta to loosen it up. Yeah. Um and you know but but don't make them the nine routes down the sidelines right make them post routes that's fair I think I think Quinn has a better opportunity and this year versus last year and I know we only have a one game sample this year. But last I mean, versus last year, it was always X man on the deep route. They have other guys who can run deep on this on this team, right? I mean, yeah, Isaiah targ- Nayer.
1: They targeted A D Mitchell deep.
2: A D Mitchell I can think be he a guy. And one they
1: targeted deep. And You're that's right.
2: the one where, Sar- where where Quinn got hit in the face, right, as he threw the ball, or yeah. it might have been a better throw, and that one was a protection breakdown. Uh, but yes, and and don't you know maybe the sidelines—that's where he's trying to aim it too much. Just let him put some air under it, and uh, have green grass and go get it, like he did in the Alamo Bowl when, when, say, when Xavier Worthy dropped
1: the ball. That's the throw I thought about, too. It was a beautiful throw. Yeah. It was a beautiful throw. Because it, when, he, when he's having to throw – that's a good point, Eve. When he's having to throw outside those numbers, you can tell – the ball floats on him. Seems like a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, but when he's got to throw it down the middle, more for those deep routes, you're right. Seems like he kind of the accuracy and ball placement seems to be a whole lot better. And he steps into those throws well, more so.
2: And that's what we said that the, the 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 genesis of Quinn throwing them bombs came on the post route throw to Isaiah Nayer in the spring game. That's a good point that we all saw. It's like yeah. that was
1: beautiful. Yeah. Do that more. Do that more. Uh, and maybe the Sark is going to do that more. Uh, n- the next cut here is Sark. At least Sark being asked about Kevin Steele's defense, a new defensive coordinator for Alabama is Kevin Steele who's been with Nick Saban before here is uh, Sark talking about how uh, he's been studying that Kevin Steele defense
3: well I mean in the end I have a lot of respect for Coach Steele granted and clearly I have a ton of respect for Coach Saban and so systematically it's not a whole lot different of you know when Coach Steele left you know he um, he maintained the core structure of that defense and so um, for him to be back and calling it in in that in that structure it's it's really not that different that way um, as coach Saban would always say it's Alabama's defense right and they're going to do it it was it was Alabama's offense when I was there too you know that that's I think that's one of the beauties and one of the hallmarks of how he's been able to sustain for so long um, but a guy like me you know I don't I don't have a whole lot of hobbies so I kind of watch a lot of tape <laughs> throughout the off season and and in and in and, and, and during the season to where um sometimes I don't want to say it's for fun but it kind of is for fun you know you're just watching football you know I I get to do what I love and I love what I do and I got a ton of respect for those men as coaches and the job that they've done throughout their career so um we do we, you know we drew we do drill down on that kind of stuff but we we try not to chase ghosts too. You know, at the end of the day, you know you, you can't you can't try to get ready for everything. You got to trust your
1: training and react to things when when they come.
2: All right, good stuff right there. there a go. couple of good yeah. cliches. Don't chase
1: ghosts. I like that though because me too. Don't chase ghosts meaning don't start preparing for. We talked about this right. You only have a few uh, allotted hours to practice per week. That's the NFL and that's at the at college level. Um, and you want those defensive coordinators, you want those offensive coordinators to see ghosts. You want them preparing for stuff you're never going to use, wasting valuable practice and meeting time on stuff you're not going to use. That's why sometimes it's worth it to throw a lot of different concepts and personnel groups and formations at uh, at an opponent just so that you could Force a future opponent to waste that valuable time. We talked about that the Texas Bama matchup in the Rice game, um, and obviously Texas chose the vanilla route.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we come back. It's going to be off the record. Some stories you need, including had you see Mac Brown hammering the NCAA? Man. Your, your football coach, mm-hmm. Mac Brown, hammering the NCAA. That's my coach. That's your coach. Uh, also, some other off the record topics for a Friday.
3: Off the record on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B
0: is brought to you by Viking Fence.
1: DD mega doo I'm sorry, mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi, Cat Essen.
3: Well, I don't get breaking <laughs> the income. Well,
0: congratulations. Continue good sex in the uh, sex in the Big east. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record.
2: Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. How about this? Y'all coming in loud and clear on the Horn app on the Delta flight to Tuscaloosa. Hey. Hook them up, brother. Hook them up. I like that. Also got text coming in telling us how Texas is going to win this game on Saturday night. We've asked that question. <laughs> Bullish or BS, which of these uh, Lone Star State teams that are underdogs this weekend, there are a bunch of them, More are going to find a win. Most likely to find a win. A lot of people like Texas to do something that only one team has done in the last 53 home games for Alabama, and that's win the ballgame. Uh, we'll get back into that. But off the record, Rod, I have discovered and found the dumbest person in, in the United States of America.
1: Oh, really? Who is that?
2: Um, What's
1: his name? His name? I knew it was him. It's Mike. Mike. <laughs> Mike. Why is Mike the dumbest Mike in person? in Pennsylvania, the Poconos. How do How'd he fail so the idiot Mike, test?
2: I'll show you this video, and then you can decide. Mike and his buddies were having—they're up in the Pocono Mountains, right up on the Poconos. Okay. And they're having an outdoor party by a, by a lake, by a stream. Look at be- this beautiful spot in the Pocono. And a big black bear walks into their outdoor party. Oh. And instead of getting the hell out of the dodge, Mike decides he wants to escort the bear out of the party. And, like, encourage the bear, hey, hey, beat it. Beat it from, like, again, his buddy's going, hey, get away from the bear, man. Get away from the bear. Whoa. Like, get away from the bear. Like, he keeps walking to the bear trying to, like, escort it out of his party. Oh. And what do you think happened?
1: Uh, the bear turn around and, and sell him, you in my personal space, you need to move? Yeah. 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 So the bear... Attacked him. Yeah. Because he failed the idiot test. It's a bear, dude. <laughs> Just, why? He is trying to escort the bear. Watch.
2: He's trying to escort the bear. Oh, now. no, I
1: need to watch this. Turn that back on. I want to see <laughs> this dude get attacked. I want to see it. I'm sorry. It's all right. This is when, you know, you, you failed the idiot test to that extent. Come on, man. Like, that's, it's a bear. Black bears aren't usually that. Aggressive, well, he though. went
2: and he, he would have bear, left him though. alone. It looked like, but he kept walking up on it. The bear looks like, like... the bear's walking out. He's just kind is. of strolling. It's his mountain. Yeah, you're at my mountain.
1: He's trying to prove a point. He's trying. He's trying to look tough. He is. And, I, he, and
2: I'm sure he's hammered yeah. on like you know forty heffa vices or whatever he been I, drinking. I want to watch this because this or bear. What do they drink up there? His
1: bear is totally in the right here. Oh, ah. <laughs> yeah. They're like what? <laughs> Look at him. The bear started pawing at him. Like, and hey, the bear gave him a warning. That was a warning, like Paul, like, "Hey, man, get out of my get, get out, out of my, my space. space. Get out of my space, dog." Why are you standing here? Someone said it was cocaine. And He's bear. trying to like point like a dad would. <laughs> get
2: out, get out of our party. He's, bro. This.
1: Oh, he he left though. He left. Oh, he left. But he came back. Did he come back? The bear did. Oh. No, the bear left. See, there you go. He actually succeeded. Then why did the story, then why did the story he say he got succeeded. mauled? He succeeded. No, he just got pawed. He didn't get mauled. Pawed. You
2: yeah, know, well, the guy, this 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 headline says, this guy gets mauled by
1: bear. Because <laughs> they want you to click on it. <laughs> did the bear he, come back? The bear leaves. How long is this video? To be? Oh, ooh. Oh, he, oh, he did get he got scratched pretty good on him. He me. did get scratched. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that did not, it looked like that bear barely tapped him. And, and got, that dude <laughs> has scrapes all down his side. Just claw marks.
2: That was not good.
1: Whoa! Whoa! Mike was in the bear's house. Yeah, exactly. That's a bear, man. That's a Come dumb on.
2: dude. That's a dumb dude right there. No. Mike in the poker nose.
1: No, when we um, when I went to I went to Glacier National Park, and they uh, and they they literally have bear spray right there, and they're like, we encourage you to buy some bear spray for your uh, you know, for for your walks and everything when you're going hiking. I'm like, hold up, really? She's like, oh yeah, every now and then, you know, you'll encounter one. This is good to have it. I'm like,
0: I got bear spray in my car. What you don't need it now. It's in. more for if I need to spray somebody.
1: Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Pepper
0: spray doesn't always do the trick.
1: No, okay. What does you. bear
0: spray do? with it? pepper spray doesn't. It, is. it, it will cover them.
1: Listen, if so. it'll if it'll stop a bear, it'll stop a person. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> so I'll take the bear. That's true. Spray. <laughs> oh, but yeah, oh, I get you. I get you. Yeah. So sometimes, hey man, you might need that bear. What are spray. you having
2: off the record there, Ron? Uh,
1: okay, this is a uh, kind of a random off the record, but Mac Brown. Have you heard about this, Mac? I Brown? did. I read,
2: the, I read the letter he wrote to the NCAA.
1: Yeah, so apparently there's a player, Taz Walker, who uh, was uh, try, trying to play for North Carolina. He went home for his, his grandmother, who was sick and dealing with some issues. Um, so he transferred a month before the NCAA even implemented their two-time transfer rule. And he's only played ball at one school. And apparently, the NCAA has made the determination that he is ineligible. Um, and the Mac Brown statement about this young man, Devon Tez Walker, says We're absolutely crushed to learn that Tez Walker's eligibility has been denied for this season and he won't be able to play. I don't know that I've ever been more disappointed in a person, group of people, or an institution than I am with the NCAA right now. It's clear if the NCAA is about process, and it couldn't care less about the young people in it's it's supposed to be supporting. Plain and simple, the NCAA has failed Tez and his family, and I've lost all faith in its ability to lead and govern our sport. Damn, he goes on. He went on. He, he went on. on. Like it's, it's like that's just like the first paragraph of it. It, it goes on for a while, and all it is is trashing the NCAA. I've always said this: the NCAA does not have a moral compass; they have a money compass. And you know, uh, you you learn everything you need to know about the NCAA and what they care about when you look at cases like Penn State and Jerry Sandusky, uh, the Jerry Sandusky scandal. Remember when they punished Penn State? They they walked back a lot of the uh, the penalties because they figured they were too harsh on Jerry Sandusky uh, for pedophilia.
0: Yeah, for pet, yeah, for, he died like what, like two weeks later. Yeah, when, and then after we the sanctions uh, no,
1: came down. The, but but then we found out that even Joe Paterno knew in the eighties.
0: Yeah, he did about yeah. Jerry Sandusky.
1: And maybe even the seventies about Joe Paterno. And the NCAA decided, oh, you know, we were too harsh on a child molester. And then also, same thing happened at Michigan State. Remember Right. The, the Larry Nassar scandal? They said that Larry Nassar's the crimes against nature. Actually, we're not NCAA violations. I'm not making that up. You can't make that up. Can't make it up. That's a horrible institution. Up. They're horrible people. They're horrible. Well, the NCAA really actually
2: are. punished Penn State originally because they said, not for what he did, because we're not a, we can't punish crimes, but for <laughs> not reporting it because to, to to protect the recruiting advantage, right? They wanted yes. to protect their brand. Yeah. Because it would have looked bad for recruiting if they knew they had a child molester coaching their defense.
1: Yeah.
0: It would, <laughs> yes, that it would. That'd
1: be very yeah, bad. bad. It'd look
0: terrible. Why does like? Why do they not fire, like that. <laughs> fire him? Huh? Like, you can fire him without saying I don't. Like, why. Well, you, know, you can fire him without saying. Joe, uh, because I Joe think Paterno he, knew yeah, about it and exactly. didn't, didn't
1: bother him. And apparently. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's disgusting. And then it's let wild. him start
2: a, a home for wayward boys. Yes,
1: even after As they found out about event. that stuff. Yeah, yes. you, Joe Pie. He's yeah, he's he's a horrible human being too. But and also remember uh, um, this North Carolina connection is. Remember North Carolina had the the longest and the biggest academic fraud scandal in the history of college sports. It went on for like a decade, something. And even though they made up classes for players, <laughs> made up grades, the NCAA went in, investigated, and decided. Just nothing. because academic fraud exists, it does not mean it is an NCAA violation.
2: Yeah, they, they pick and choose. <laughs> Their selective punishments are ridiculous. They the are ridiculous. Always have been. Yes. Anyway, speaking of money, for all the money. You know the Deion Sanders win over TCU? Oh, yeah. Turns out. It crushed the bookmakers and the, the, the gambling <gasps> houses.
1: Oh, we got to hear this on the other side. That's going to be, I bet that's good. Crushed.